Welcome to Against the Grain with your host, Freddie Roman, Guy Dunlap, and myself, Justin DePama. Guy, Freddie, how are you guys doing this week? Good. How are you, man? Good. I'm doing awesome, Justin. I'm glad you're doing well. Thank you. What's going on in the shops? Freddie? Guy? <laughs> yeah. oh, want me to go first? I can go first. I'll go first. Sure. <clears throat> All right. So... It's official. I'm finally moving, and I'm stressing out already, and I'm already packing because I don't want to be a last-minute kind of guy, and uh, I'm like a hoarder, essentially, even though I try not to be, so I'm trying to pack everything up, and then I got a whole bunch of tables and chairs coming going out of the shop. Today, I got a beautiful Roxbury clock, period clock that came in, which I'm yeah, I saw those out pictures. Of. I'm just like wigging out about it because it's an amazing piece of antique furniture that is extremely light but extremely well built and so I'm really excited about that. It's like clocks attract. I got three clocks coming in all period so I'm pretty pumped up about that. My TV mm-hmm. lift is finally coming to an end. I cut this this huge rectangled hole out of this huge slab that connects two rooms. I finally did that with the uh, plunge saw, with the, the Festo plunge saw, and a, um, what else, uh, a like multi-tool, which was a bear. It took hours to do the ends of the cuts. It took minutes to do the two side cuts. But now right. I'm like finalizing that, edging everything so I can go back on site, clean everything up, and be done with this like project, which, you know, for me, it's like, I can't wait to get it done. It's like a project from hell, but at the same time, it was a good experience. Two things. One is you're definitely a hoarder because I see the packets of nails and everything else that you have. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the, the other thing is, what, is this like once a week you go there to work on this little entertainment center or something? Well, essentially, essentially it has become that. The reason being is that this project should have been done months ago, but then like we schedule a day and the dog walker closes the door on me. And then no, the dog walker says, I don't know who you are. How do I know you're the contractor? And then I'm just like, are you kidding me? And then I can't talk to my interior designers. So I said, screw it. And then after that, I have no motivation. I got to make money. So I move on. And then I got you. And then what also happens like a, the TV size isn't ordered correctly. So that delays things. So there's been a lot of delays. So um, I'm happy to see that the, the light at the end of the tunnel, it's a great result. And it's, it's a good modification, so I'm happy. That it'll look beautiful when it's all said and done. But, you know, it's like never again. Yeah. So you're, you're packing up all this stuff. You're not packing up stuff that you're going to need and you're going to have to hunt down later, are you? No, I'm trying to be very careful when it comes to that. But, you know, I've bought hundreds of nails, like hundreds of pounds of nails. So I, I only keep three or four pounds, pack the rest. And, uh, like, you know, I, I don't use my number 24 size screws every day, so I'm packing those up. So there's stuff that I don't use regularly. I'm packing that up and starting to slowly load it up and bring it to the new shop. And um, so that the there won't be a big load. Like, the, there'll be one day coming up in September that the truck will be backing up. I'm lo- loading it all up and then dropping it off, and pretty much, you know, three-quarters of the shop is done. And that's the goal. The, yeah. These nails, you go buy them at 
an auction or a factory that's closing? How do you find that? I see you 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 come across some really odd things. Yeah. Um, great question, Justin. So there, there's an old hardware store up in Lowell, Massachusetts. They had two stores. One was closing down. And basically, I started going in there and be like, you know, they had old steel screws and they had old nails and they had old Nicholson files and rasps. Like, it was going back into like 1960s. This, these, they had mm-hmm. everything. So I started just throwing prices at them. And they just like, I asked them, you know, how much for all your nails? And they gave me a price I couldn't refuse. So I bought all their upholstered, upholstery tacks. I bought all their wire nails, their brad nails. I bought all their scotch and brass pins. I bought all their copper pins and nails. I bought everything. And um, now it looks like I'm totally a hoarder. And um, <laughs> But now I use them all the time now. And I use them in my classes. I use them for anything and everything. And to make jigs. And I, you know, I give them to people. And I, I try to sell them on Etsy at good prices. And, and the reason being is that the steel and the quality is, is just amazing. It's just like a wire nail today yeah. that you buy versus the wire nail I have, it's like totally different animals. It doesn't make any sense, but the steel is so much better. The tips are so much sharper. They don't bend over when you hammer them as quickly or as easily. It's like night and day. So I, and I favor old stock. And the thing is, they were just going to throw it away. They threw away a huge dumpster full of square head uh nuts and bolts because oh. no one wants them and i and i have another room like like a thousand pounds of old nuts and washers and you know stuff that would rust but it they're amazing quality like the threads would actually cut your hands so for me it's like why are you throwing this stuff away this stuff is so good you know made in america that you can't find anymore but no one's interested I, yeah that's 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 the definition of a hoarder freddie yeah, I'm a hoarder. Well, yeah. it's okay, Fred. Yeah. It's okay. This is I, my co- this is this is counseling for me, so thanks guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I have a uh, uh, a hardware shop right down the street from me. And the mm-hmm. same thing, it's a second generation, so it's been there forever. And there is, and I'll go in there and I'll ask for things and he's like, What the hell are you doing with that? Or mm-hmm. or just uh, Yeah, and half the time he gives me it, right? Just because I ain't had anybody ask me this since seventies, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just take it i don't need it it's been sitting here and that's what it is it's full of stuff that his father had bought back in the 40s and 50s that's just sitting in there he he knows it's in there nobody else's this and i asked for it but yeah what are you up to guy oh that's just the same old thing man i'm still working on those darn shop cabinets it's just so slow going because i'm not used to doing it but um I got all the drawers done. There's 20 of them. That was a lot of fun. And uh, got them all sized and got all the drawer fronts cut. Everything was sequentially cut out of plywood. It still looks nice. Edge banded it. Got them all got them all put in and took out that corner of my shop with all the crap in it. Man, what a what a mess. Um, just a, a royal pain. Got all that cleaned up and got them installed and got the drawers in, got the countertop on, and we're just getting ready to put the edging on it. And then it'll, that 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 phase of it will be done. I still have to do the tops. Right. So, so, so Guy, I saw that video that you produced on YouTube um, on using the edging uh, from FastCap. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it looked quite impressive. It looked like it worked really well. How much did you like it? 
Yeah, I, I really liked it. I was talking to Justin about that, too. On uh, I think we texted back and forth a couple times. Yeah. I, I really liked it. I, I usually use, you know, fairly thick uh, iron-on banding. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got the iron there and this, that, and the other thing. This stuff, man, just, you just put the roller on it. You give it, you know, eight or nine good presses, and it's on there. And I've been, you know, banging the stuff around the shop for a week before it was finally installed. <clears throat> and it, it it's held up really well. I'm really impressed with it. Nice. Good. Good. Yeah. What about you, Justin? What about me? I am knee deep, neck deep, I guess you'd say, in cabinet doors. I'm gluing them up today. Yeah. Uh, high glue? You using high glue? Yeah, no. <laughs> if it's yellow, only if it's yellow. <laughs> Mine, mine's rotten. <laughs> um, no, it, and it, it's a, they're flat panel. And when it's painted, so I used to use an MDF panel on the inside, and I glue everything together. There's a dab of glue in to glue the panels in and everything because nothing needs to move. It just keeps it more rigid for yeah. that. Um, yeah, gluing them up. I said something to you, Freddie, about uh, if you come across a feed roller, I'm looking for one of them because mm-hmm. I, when you when you do that many cabinet doors, it's just your fingers basically hurt because you just stand there pushing everything against the, the shaper or router or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah. So I'm in the market for one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, just the typical r- r- everyday stuff in the shop, whatever. Just little bis- business things those, are going those on. Those feed rollers aren't that expensive, are they? No. Uh, no. But Freddie seems to run across a lot of stuff in the used market, so I figured I'd talk yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple yeah, feelers there's nothing, out there. There's nothing so, like that around here. Yeah, well, just let me know. know. I think you should also put one on the table saw if you do that much work, you know. I've been considering that. Yeah. Well, the table saw you can push through fast. But yeah. as far as the shaper bit, it's a little bit slower, and then that's... Mm-hmm. And w- when I had the feather board there, there's just a little contact area for you to touch everything, so it just it gets to your fingers. Mm-hmm. And I, I did make a little, like, a push stick, I guess you could say. But even then, it's just, like, it'd be easier to do it with a feed roller. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But. You know, I find it amazing. I, when I worked in a cabinet shop, we had feed rollers on the front and the back end. It was literally you let the feed roller catch the wood, and it's like you can walk away. It just like self feeds. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. It seems like it might be a little bit of pain to set it up, but it's worth it, especially if I'm running as much as I am. So how, yeah. how many how many doors are you making? There was 34, and then I have, and I haven't made these yet, but there's also end panels and a front panel on, kind of like what you did with the the island that goes around it. So I have to mm-hmm. still make that stuff, but mm-hmm. it, it was a different size. So everything I ran right now is just cabinet door size parts. So Now, do yeah. you have like a special clamping system for all the doors, or are you clamping every single one of them, single no. one of them? No. I clamp every single one of them, just pipe clamp them. Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, it hands. would be faster, but eh, not with pipe clamps. It's not bad. Yeah. Okay. But hmm. if if I was using a bar clamp, I I do think so. Yes, I I have a couple. Is that what you call them? The 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 F style, like the Bessie style, and all them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those. those are F-style. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That would hurt my hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. but a regular like pipe clamp, they're yeah. they're fairly easy. In your hand. But yeah, and I I am. I keep buying more and more clamps 
but I also it's because of this where I'll, I can glue up I'll spend all day just gluing up cabinet doors because there's 34 of them so you just gotta have enough clamps to do that so mm -hmm. yeah. I, got a, I have a good array of pipe clamps sounds like it yeah that's good so this week's show the topic you guys want to talk about distractions in the shop and how we deal with them yeah I think Guy Guy is a perfect person to start <laughs> <laughs> well I one, one of the things that that I have to deal with here you know I I, I work out of my home so being a homeowner is one thing and then just being at home all day there's just so many things that can that can take your mind off your work you know the kids the dog something breaks in the house and my wife of course thinks since I'm home all day I'm not doing anything I'm not working so I do the bulk of the cleaning the laundry the grocery shopping all mm. that stuff so yep. it's like every morning I wake up and she's got little notes for me can you do this can you do that it's like yeah sure um, but sometimes it's those little things, man. They, they, what turns into what should be 15 minutes turns into an hour. Um, mm -hmm. This this goes back to the other thing we talked about, where you have to learn to say no sometimes, guy. Oh, I'm I'm not going to tell my wife no. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like I like my uh, my my nuts and nuts and berries exactly where they are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it's it, the thing is, you know, she people ask me, you know, how can you afford to do this and that? And it's it's very simple, you know. She's my sugar mama. Mm. She makes a she makes a good living, and you know, and right now she's paying the bulk of the bills. I still pay a good part portion of them, but mm. she's definitely, um, you know, bringing in quite a bit of the money. So I don't mind. It's not a big deal. I usually do all of it on Fridays. So I'll do all the grocery shopping, the laundry, the cleaning. I'll do it all in one day, so I'm not breaking things up in different parts of the different parts of the week. Right. But uh, you know, like today, you know, Justin and I were talking before the podcast started. We we're talking about distractions. I I was going to do this quick thing <clears throat> with some electrical work in my shop that I figured it was only going to take 45 minutes. Well, five hours later, you know, I'm still working on it, and I'm like, where did the time go? I still didn't fix it. I kind of fixed it, but I really didn't. <laughs> and it's just, it's stuff like that that just drives you crazy. Um, but what are you going to do? You know, it's some, sometimes the stuff just has to get done, whether you like it or not. You know, things break in the shop. Um, you start putting something together and you need a piece of hardware. So you got to, you know, get the car and run up to the, the hardware store. And, uh, I don't know if there really is a way to deal with them. I think the the best way is you just when stuff like that happens, you just you know hit it head on, and as long as it doesn't interrupt your schedule too awful bad, just get it done. Don't let it sit on the back burner. Yeah, because uh, then then you'll be regretting it later. So I do the same thing. I work from home as well. My shop's detached, but. Uh, there is there's times when it's just like what the what's going on in the house or or whatever around the house uh, along the lines of like yeah when something breaks or uh, i have a really bad habit of if i need something i tend to do it right then uh, mm -hmm. i once heard a thing i am what is called laterally productive 
always doing something, never doing what you need to do. Right. <laughs> so I'm super busy all the time. It's just not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's an issue for me, but just like you said, if something like, I don't know, it, you, you need a jig like, Oh, or I get an idea. Like I need the jig for that. Like, let's just make the jig. And then mm-hmm. there you go. There goes an hour and a half of your time or something. Right. When you really yeah. didn't need it, but you just thought this would make my life easy this for 10 minutes, right? And it just isn't worth it. I, yeah, I, I, had, the, I had the same thing. I was working on that countertop, and I, I said, well, I'm going to put these. these. Um, I still don't know what they're called, the little nuts and bolts. T-nuts. Go, I think they're called T-nuts. I have no idea what they're called. I call them miter joint thingies. So I, I, I said, well, I need to make a jig because I need to route this out. And, you know, at, like, an hour later... I finally have it done. It took me like, you know, four yeah. minutes to route yeah. the, the recess. I'm like, oh, that was great. That was a, that was a, it's a very good use of time, guy. Uh, <laughs> but another thing that, that really takes up a lot of my time, and I, I don't know how much it affects you guys, is the, is the social media. You know, I, I, I do a lot on Instagram and, you know, YouTube, and that takes up a ton of time because I'll yeah. post something and then... You know, it's just a, a time killer. And people start asking questions. You don't want to ignore them. So, you know, you pick up your phone real quick an hour after you make a post. And before you know it, 45, minutes has, yeah. 45 minutes has gone by. Well, I'll check to see what other people are doing. Oh, what's Freddie doing today? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and things like that. And it, it it's, I don't know, it's sometimes... When you work for yourself, it's not like you have a, a boss over your shoulder. You know, it's you, you have to be your own boss and you have to, you have to, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to police yourself. Yes. You have to provide yeah. your own oversight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's hard, man. It's tough. It's really <laughs> tough. To go back a couple seconds, they're called miter bolts. Miter bolts. Oh, which is funny because when I was thinking about what I was going to type into Google to figure that out, I put miter bolt in, and that's what it's called. But okay. um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, now we all know. Um, yeah, the the black hole with the Internet, that is not good. But Instagram, the, all those stuff, you just have to stay off that stuff. That's, that's, that's the only key to that, which it's easier said than done, that's for sure. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I think that in today's world – that social media is now part of the workday. You know, you unfortunately need to do <laughs> invest your some time in the social media. Now, you can do it right when yeah, you wake especially up. Especially for me when it's part of your revenue stream. Yes. You know, yeah. right when you wake up maybe is a good option and right at lunchtime, right after lunchtime, before you go home, you know, but I think it it sucks because it does suck up a lot of t- of your time. But for me, as just for an example, it's like my last 12 clients have come from Instagram alone. And today I got two interior designers that found me at Instagram come to my shop to talk about project, uh, potential projects. So for me, I find it that, yes, it sucks your time, but there's a return. And I can only hope and think you guys will also have that return. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said before. You know, it's it's part of your it's part of your advertising. It's part of your revenue stream, so to speak. So you you have to stay on top of it. And once you've you know cultivated that 
that audience, it's important to keep them, you know, engaged. Yeah, I, I think where you said along the lines of pleasing yourself or being disciplined along mm -hmm. the, that you need to you need to convince yourself that you need to go on there and do whatever you have to do, but mm -hmm. don't start looking at other people. Uh, I think that's where the policing yourself and the idea of it becoming a waste of your time. Yes. Uh, yes. You can look at it. It's fine to look at it when mm -hmm. you're doing lunch or whatever. But I, I I fall down that rabbit hole where I'll go in there, I'll post something, and all of a sudden I'm looking at it. And then it's like, oh, crap. There goes 30 minutes of my day. And it's yeah. just lost time, which is the most important thing in my whole day. Mm -hmm. it, the, the other thing is, like you said, guy, running around. Oh, my goodness. That will lead up so much time. And it is, you just lose it. It's, I mean, it's working from home is that's an issue for me in the sense that if I need something, I have to run and get it. Whereas mm -hmm. Freddie, you're, you're in a shop where you travel to it. Mm -hmm. So you can more or less figure it out in the beginning of the day or the end of the day, you can, you're coming and going no matter what. Whereas I have to purposely go out to get something cause I never leave. Well, you know, it's so funny that it, it's kind of funny. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, that, you know, ideally I want the home shop because I would be, I believe that I would be even more productive because of my at least 32 minutes in, on the road to my shop. There's constant traffic mm -hmm. building up and I can feel to, you know, I feel to myself that, you know, those, that hour, hour and a half, at least every single day, I should be putting it on the bench or I can focus on my social media or my accounting. So it's kind of a, you know, apples and oranges, you kind of, you know, yes, it'd be nice to be at home, but then there's distractions. And for me, it's like, I wish I was home. There's less travel, less wear and tear in my vehicle, less waste of time, you know, especially if weather plays a factor or there's snowing today, it's not that safe to be going to the shop because we just got a foot versus I can just go into my, you know, garage or, or on, on my property to my shop. So there's pros and cons to both. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's better working at home. Yeah, totally. It definitely yeah. is. I, 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 the, here, two things I miss. One is, uh, just like we were talking about where you have to go to work. So therefore you could kind of plan your day around. All right. I got to go to home Depot or whatever as well. So, and mm -hmm. you can plan that into your, to travel. The other thing was, I, I miss the idea that, uh, it was like a way to get yourself ready and to decompress after work you're driving home right mm -hmm. very much that i don't have which mm -hmm. i don't necessarily need it but it's it is one of those things that you kind of miss mm -hmm. um well one of the other things too is you know working at home you know it's like a, a good example is yesterday i started my day at like eight o'clock and i was finishing up sometime around nine o'clock last night yes that because is i'm home it's like Okay, after dinner, I'm like, well, you know, I can go do this real quick. Yeah. Before you know it, it's 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, and you're still in the shop. You don't leave your job at work. It's mm -hmm. always there. Yeah. You know, you go out to the fridge to get a soda, and you're looking at your project. Well, you know, I'll just do this. Mm -hmm. and <clears throat> that's a distraction from your personal time, which you have to have. As, Jay, as Justin said, to decompress. Yeah. That well, is important. The, the way to also, like, counter that is that, you know, I stay in my shop longer because I was like, well, I, if I wait an hour, I could unclamp this and clamp the next one. And I look at the clock. It's like it's 8 o'clock. 
So it's like now it's going to be 9 o'clock. While if I was home, I can go ahead and clam something up if I happen to be using yellow glue, which is a rarity for me, and unclamp something and reclamp it. It's just it w I would actually spend more time with my better half versus saying, I'm going to wait until the glue dries or I'm going to wait until this coat of finish dries so I can put another coat on so I can be ahead for tomorrow. So, you know. It's like you're almost always having to fight with with some sort of time restraint or, you know, or time flies much faster than you, you can control no matter how hard you try. Now, it's it's a double-edged sword without a doubt, but yeah. it, there's distractions at both of them without a doubt, mm -hmm. and there's just different ways of dealing with them. What's what's your biggest distraction that you come across? The problem, I wouldn't say biggest, but the most common one that you come across, Justin. Hmm. The fact that I'm at home, <laughs> it, it, it really is. I mean, you, you, you have the freedom just to come and go as you please in that sense. Whereas mm -hmm. instead of being stuck somewhere, but it, it, it's, it's just like I said, it's a double-edged sword. It's, it's good as it is bad because yes, I'm at home. And if I got to get something else done, I just run inside and do it or whatever. But it, it's good because at eight o'clock at night, I can just run out and unclamp something out of clamps or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. yeah. My biggest distraction, I I would say my biggest distraction is the fact that where I'm located, a lot of people drive by and they stop over. So it's more people than anything else because mm -hmm. all my other distractions are just because of me making them distractions. But yeah. that that is people stopping over is my biggest. Hmm. My, mine is mine is lunchtime, twelve yeah. o'clock. I come in here and I say, okay, I'm only going to take a half hour. 45 minutes before I know it an hour has gone by an hour and a half has gone by because I find these and I, I, I'm you're subconsciously doing it it's like well I'll just take care of this real quick before I go back out or I'll take care of this real quick and it, it, it just it's it's hard to, to, to stop working and then you stop work and then you come home yeah kind of I, and then you have to go back so you, you find these little things to to stop you from going back out in the shop. Um, that's that's the thing that most common for me. Not the biggest distraction, but the most common for me every day. I, I would have to say the same for me. I should do everything in the morning, but when I do it in the morning, then my day gets delayed to getting started in the shop, which yep. is where I feel like that's the only place I'm making money. But the truth is the things you're taking care of that aren't in the shop are technically part of the business. And it's it, if I don't do them in the morning or at lunchtime, I will not do them at night. I'm just for some reason that's I, I come home, my wife's there, and then I just shut everything off, and that's where I I don't go back to work. It's rarely do I we eat dinner, and I rarely go back to work. Right? Mm, um, yeah. Luckily, we eat late, but it's just it's that's I guess you can call that a distraction in a way. But maybe that's part of time management too. Which yeah. I guess is all part-time management, huh? Yeah, it's all part of it. You know, it's like when you in the business, it's like you wake up in the morning, you look at the emails, for me anyway, I look down the list of things I got to get done today, the goals, what do I need to stop and get, you know, at the at Home Depot or at the lumber yard, who's coming by the shop today, uh, do I have a conference call today, do I have a podcast today, am I on someone else's podcast? And then it's just like the accountant and then trying to get the new shop set up and try to get an employee to understand my my methods but that's where an employee comes in handy if i need to go ahead and get materials 
I have someone in the shop working on something. Yeah. You know, if I have to go ahead and teach, there's someone doing something. Or if, or if he leaves at 5 p.m., I'm there finally with no interruptions till 8 o'clock at night. And I can go ahead and be productive and pick up the slack. You know, so for me, I think I finally come to the realization that I 100% need at least one employee because if I'm doing paperwork, something's still getting done. If I'm talking to the client, something's still getting done. If I'm, yeah. if I can't leave, my employee can go ahead and leave. And that's uh, and what also happens is I'm partly a hoarder in regarding to screws and hardware and all this other stuff because I don't want to leave. If I don't have the screw on hand, I am pissed. Because that yeah. screw should be on hand. I should never have to go to the hardware to buy screws or nails or anything. I should always have that in-house. So I'm always just getting myself prepared for the upcoming steps that are happening during the week or the job or whatever it may be. So, and I always like to have too much than too little. So I'm always like, you know, Amazon Prime, sun, you know, here, two days, ready to go. I never run out. I always want to have too much just to... You know, not to afford like a stoppage. I can't afford that. And and if we're playing with weather, with finishing and everything else, you kind of almost have to take advantage of the opportunity you have. So it's kind of like you don't want to run out of anything. So. Yeah, it's just that old, it's that old saying: it's better to have it, and not need it, than need it, and not have it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you another major distraction, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. is when I do installs and. Uh, it isn't the install part. It's the idea that I have to load tools into the truck and get them to go to the job oh, site. Yes. And then coming back. That is so much lost time. And it just it ruins my whole either half a day or whatever it is. Because when you come back, I have all my tools. And then I have to put them all back in their place. It, because otherwise, I just stuck them there on the shop floor and then they're in the way. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's just then getting all that organized. And that is just a loss of so much time for me. Oh, okay. sorry. I was going to say, well, it's part of my reasons why I say I'm a hoarder. I don't need as many block planes as I do, but I have block planes for teaching, block planes for going out on site, block planes for when I have people come in and working in the shop. I don't want mm-hmm. to have to put everything back. I don't want to have to, you know, babysit how they want, you know, my Lee Nelson, just take my, my Stanley, learn how to sharpen it, learn how to use it, leave me alone, don't bother me, get the job done. So what you need, Justin, is you need to build yourself a garage, another garage, Buy a special install van, keep all your stuff in there, and park it inside the building at night. Then you never have to load and unload. Well, here's yes. the thing: when I did, <laughs> this is it's, one of see, the see simple. I'm a problem solver. Yeah, no, I've had this problem. When I did construction, my truck was loaded with tools, and mm-hmm. it was that was the worst part of my day was unloading and loading the tools every single day at the job site, and I absolutely hated it. Yeah, because it that is one thing I do not miss at all from doing construction is just loading and unloading tools i mean it was just i hated doing that it just got old more or less but and and that's the other thing is now that i don't have a truck full of tools i go to a job site and it's like you have to basically bring every single thing with you Mm -hmm. so you can be prepared to run into anything Mm -hmm. and then Yeah. yeah when you get there and all of a sudden you're like oh that tool's in my shop now i have to figure out some other way to wiggle around this thing or to do it with something else you know what i mean it's just yeah when i was in when i was in construction when you know we were doing uh estimates and stuff we always put this thing in called you know travel time 
the travel time did not just include travel from the shop or the home to the job site. It included getting the tools out of the vehicle into the job. Because mm-hmm. some of those times, you know, you got to park, you know, a quarter mile away from the job site. And you got to, you know, transfer all that stuff. So you can lose three hours a day just from driving and loading and unloading your, your stuff. Oh, yeah. E- I Whenever I go to, like, do an install or something, right? So you just, I'll load the trailer. And it's like, oh, I can load the trailer in an hour. And the next thing you know, it's three hours later because you had to figure out how to pack 10 pounds of stuff into this little five-pound bag, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's creatively all put in there, but it's just, it takes so much time. And you just don't realize. You just, and I'm constantly moving around or something, and it's just, oh, my God, where did, where two hours of my day go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, you know, imagine loading up the van. You've got to plan for that stuff, which is tough. Now, imagine loading up the van and being happy that you loaded it all up. And you're like, darn, darn, I lost three hours. And you drive to the site, and the door's locked. And no <laughs> yeah, one's I've around. Done that. You know, it's kind of like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, now that's very frustrating. And that's happened to me so many times recently that I started requesting keys or there's a lockbox with a password. I'm not wasting my time anymore. And I start charging yeah. them. I start charging them. Like, yeah. this should have been done. You have this to. is your This is your fault. It's not my responsibility. You need to be on top of this. I can't be doing everything because I'm not the interior designer. I am just the builder or the contractor. Yeah, I've had that before. You know, it's it's just there's so many things in the, in the business that can distract you. And the problem is it's just like you need to do it all. It's like you need to go ahead and bid out jobs. You need to estimate. You need to, if you need to contact subcontractors, you got to talk to boards. You got to, you know get things calibrated the way you need it so that's a good flow that one person's leaving another person's coming in you know how is the weather playing a factor there's so many things that you have to worry about that you know in the beginning it's like if no one's training you or showing you all these things you're kind of screwed because it's just like everything that you may not have possibly you know you think could happen did occur and it's just like it's, it's just like there's so many factors to be aware of. And you always got to expect the worst. And you need to figure that out in your pricing so that even though you may get frustrated that today something blocked you from getting productive, productive today, that at least you price that in so that you're not losing a lot of money or you're not making as much profit, but there's still profit there, if that makes sense. Right. You mentioned something before about you know something that would help you with the, with distractions. Actually, I think it would give you more, which is an employee. The employee is a, it, taking care of them and manage them, managing a pl- an employee correctly. It takes up a lot more time than you think. You I can't just you can't just leave them to 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 do what they want because I tell you. <laughs> well, you well, know, I, there, go ahead, Justin. I was going to say this. There's, I'm going to answer this in two ways. One is. I totally agree with you guys. I had a kid working for me, and it was it was good and bad, right? It was good in the sense that there was work getting done that I didn't have to do, but it was I was also spending my whole day trying to get him set up to do things, and then I wasn't getting anything done. And the, yep. the kid worked for me. He didn't work for me that long, so it didn't get to a point where we could be productive together. Mm-hmm. It, on, on the opposite side of that, I think what Freddie is bringing in a, an experienced employee – it's just trying to teach them to do his way. So it's a little different. 
in that sense. Yeah. And the, the guy has a general idea what's happening and where he's going to go and all this. It's just a matter of if he does it the way Freddy wants it to be done. So therefore, Freddy can go about it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I think if you have a totally green person, there's, there is that whole basic, for lack of a better word, apprenticeship that's going to happen there. Where it's just, it's, it's going to cost you money. But in the long term, it should pay off. Yeah. It's it's a, it'll it, it's it, yeah you're you're basically building in a distraction in that sense. Well, no, I'm not I'm I'm not saying this just to be contrary, mm-hmm. but actually I would rather have the green guy than the guy with more experience that has his own way of doing things. Trying to break that guy of bad habits is going to be tough, a lot tougher than teaching a kid how to sand correctly. It's just it's just the nature of the beast. Guys, you know, you know we're, we're the same way, all of us. I mean, if if we went to work for somebody and they said, well, you've been doing it wrong for the last 20 years. This is the way you need to do it now. As soon as that guy isn't, as soon as your boss isn't looking, you're going to revert back to your old ways really quick. So you have to be constantly, constantly looking over their shoulder. Mm-hmm. And that's a distraction. Well, you know, for me, uh, I worked in many, many shops and I've heard that saying of, you know, this is how we do it. This is how I want you to do it. And there's been times that I say to myself, geez, this is nowhere near as fast. I could do it faster. And I, I try to input that to the boss and, or the foreman and say, you know, I have this approach. This is how I would do it. If he approves, great. If he says, no, I want you to do it that way, I literally will do it exactly how he wants me to do it. And I come into yeah. jobs and I say, I will ask you a whole bunch of questions. I'm confident with my skill level. But if you want me to do it a certain way, I have no problem doing it a certain way. You know, I may not do that in my shop, but if you want me to do it that way, I have no qualms about it. And that's what makes me, I believe, a little bit more uh, easygoing with people to, or that are willing to hire me or take on, have me become a, a, a subcontractor for short terms. Because it's just like, whatever you want me to do, fine. I may not ever do it that way in my shop. But if you want me to do it that way, that's fine. As long as it's safe and doesn't put me in harm's way, I'm willing to just kind of adjust. Every employee and every person's a little bit. I'm sorry to interrupt, Freddie. But yeah, every employee fine. and every person is different, and it's just it's just a matter of finding the right guy. Yes, is really what it boils down to. I know we can get out. We can really get into the weeds about you know hiring practices, which I don't mm-hmm. think we want to do. No. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a matter of finding the right person. If you find the right person that you know, will give you feedback and say, you know, like yourself and say, you know, hey, you know, we could try it this way. And if you're if the if the boss is, you know, flexible enough, you know, it's a good that's a very good relationship. Mm-hmm. But it, that, that's that's something that that is I don't want to say rare, but it's it's hard to find. Yeah, you just gotta I know. Find I, the right I, you're, you're right. And this is this is a whole nother topic. But yeah, I uh, usually if you don't if if you find somebody that doesn't want to talk about it and everything, that's how you end up losing that employee and they go start their own business usually because they have mm-hmm. their own ideas. Correct. Which, but anyways. Um, but, you know, I, so, I, I, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, how about uh, just to quickly change this from a different angle is how do we help each other fix some of these problems? Well, you know, I think... I guess this will help with this aspect too. To fix this problem with, an, say, if you're going with an employee, and I, I can say this with confidence because I had a friend named Jasper, and he works with me. And my approach with him is this. I tell him 
what I want done, how I want it done. This is the way I would do it. I, I would even show him how I would do it. I would tell him this would only take me an hour to do it and I would show him how quickly I can efficiently do something and I basically say you're on your own if you have a question fine but if you are comfortable or if if you think you have a better way of doing it but the result is the same go at it and I don't babysit I literally just didn't walk away and I have to do my own thing and the, what I tell people and I tell Jasper is it's only wood and it literally grows on trees so if you screw up it's okay at the same time you need to understand that you have to be very methodical and think ahead and pay attention to what I'm explaining to you because there's a reason why I'm saying it a certain way and there's a reason why there's a certain procedure so if you explain everything clearly and you answer the questions then you know the the, the employee should be able to tackle the job easily and it becomes less or no distraction. Does that make right. sense? You know? Yes. Yeah. Let me rephrase this. Any suggestions on how we help each other with uh, distractions? Well, we said social media was a distraction for some of us. I think that yeah. you need to be very um, forefront and be just limit yourself and say, I'm only spending 15 minutes, even to the point that if you had to set up an alarm before you started, and say is a countdown and as you post <laughs> and it's that beeps you, you turn it off like you have to like literally well, drop it i think what we all need to do all three of us myself included me probably more than more than you guys so let let's disconnect the internet from our shops which is why i don't have internet in my shop <laughs> <laughs> just just get rid of it and that's that would you know if I wasn't able to check email or check Instagram or do this or do that while I was out in the shop, you know, I would just walk in the house and do it. But but still, I mean, and I, I tend to do that a lot. You know, I, I'll, I'll go through a process, I'll do something, and then it's like, oh, I've been waiting for an email. Have I heard from this guy? And I'll go over and I'll pick up my phone. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't able to do that, you know, again, would I just walk in the house? Probably. But it would still be... I guess a deterrent in some way. And I, I will say this, that the sad part of that whole thing is if we had an employee and they were doing that, we'd be absolutely upset. I oh. about it. Right. Which is weird. Oh, it's yeah. a double, it's, it's, which is it's why, kettle. you know, which is why I treat myself as an employee. When, how I, how I become very efficient or productive in my shop is I come in pissed. Like I get a mentality, I get a bad attitude on purpose <laughs> so that I really focus on what I'm doing. Like, and anyone, if anyone like comes in, knocks on the door and I don't mean anything by it, and but I'm so focused, I sometimes just react like, what, what do you want? I'm busy. And, I, and it takes me a second, kind of just like, you know, slow down. This is actually a potential client, you dummy, you know, and uh, or, you know, when my better half calls me and I and I pick up the phone and I say, what, what's going on? What's up? And she's like, you know, she tells me, like, if you're busy, don't pick up the phone. And I said, like, well, I'm not busy. It's just like my attitude to be productive is is what I, I, I put up a front, essentially, so that I can stay really focused. And, you know, and Will Neptune once told me that in shops in Boston always clock out 45 minutes per hour of productivity with understanding that 15 minutes is waste time for a boss. 
because he's checking the email, someone's calling him, or employees interrupting him. So for me, every hour, I waste about 10 to 15 minutes either doing the social media, checking my email, responding to an email. But at the same time, that allows me to stretch, move around, because if you're hunched over the bench all for many hours, it's not good for you either. So I take that opportunity to like be more flexible and be productive at the same time as I stretch out and, con and consider what's going on in the world or on social media. Yeah, yeah. And we all have another thing too we can all do is, is we all all of us have long-term goals for our business and what we need to do mm -hmm. but it's really important at the beginning of the day to set your your short-term goals what your goals for the day are um, so if you you know I got to get this one thing done today or I need to be at this point in the project or whatever you're doing today um, that'll help keep you on task quite a bit too I, I have just saying, well, I'm just going to, I know I'm going to work today. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I need to do this, 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 and write it down. Yes. Whatever you have to do. Yeah. I think um, the lists are something that I need to do more of. I don't like lists because there's times when you just can't get that much done. And then I feel like oh, I didn't check anything off that I wanted to check off or not, en not enough things checked off. Right. But, well, that, that's the thing when you make all, all those, those goals you set, every goal you set, you know, this is the, the, from me going to eight bazillion hours of training for this stuff, any goal you set has to be attainable. If you set goals that cannot be achieved, you will get discouraged. Well, they're so, achievable if I didn't get distracted by my phone or something <laughs> else. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if you make a list, make it make it realistic. You know, it's yeah. like I know I can get this done, and even if the list isn't going to take up a full, you know, eight hours of your day. You know, it's only going to take five. That's fine. But put the stuff down and make it make it so you're actually going to accomplish those goals. And it'll make you feel better at the end of the day, too. You won't feel as guilty, yeah. um, which is important. I know, you know, being happy with what you're doing and the, the work you're doing and everything else will it bleeds over and everything else. Um, there's nothing wrong with being happy, Freddie. You don't have to be. Oh, I know. I know. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge believer in lists and, you know, even even writing a list in its simple form, as in like, this is obviously not part of the list, like tie my shoes, um, you know, wax, wax a piece, you know, rub out another piece, like break it down to simple steps and procedures and just crossing that out. You kind of just like get a momentum and get excited. It's like, this is feeling good. This is being productive. I'm getting somewhere and it gets you in a happy, good mood. Things are, are moving along. But you also have a methodical listing of what your day should be. You know, there's a there's something being done. There, you feel more efficient to that. There's, the list is breaking down and the list is getting smaller. So every day when I come in, I have a list. And every day when I leave, I leave notes with what I want done the next day. So that when I come in, even if I'm tired or exhausted, I know what needs to happen and hopefully I don't forget anything on the list. So for me, that really helps kind of be efficient. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, good. What do you say we wrap it up there? Yeah. Sounds, sounds good. Freddie, where can everybody get a hold of you at or find you at? Uh, the easiest probably Instagram, just the period craftsman, crafts with an S, men with an E. <laughs> All right. That's Ready. Easy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, Guy, how about you? Uh, yeah. You can just 
just go anywhere on social media or on Google and just type in Guy's Wood Shop and you'll find me on, on YouTube, Instagram, and uh, like I said, on Google. I should also mention that we, we started a Patreon page. So yes. if you go to Patreon and search uh, Against the Grain Podcast, it'll come up and it'll show you the different uh, levels that we have and the different rewards uh, that we're offering for for being a patron and, and we really appreciate any uh, help we can get. Uh, this is not cheap to do. And, um, you know, this is, we just really appreciate it. So. Yes. Yeah. Everybody at the, it would be nice. As far as finding me, you can find me on Instagram, Justin underscore De Palma, or you can find my website, which is crafted heirlooms.com. Or you can even find us at theatgpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound very sure of that. <laughs> or the ATG podcast on Instagram. Yeah, or Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I have faith in you, Justin. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, have a good week. You too. Talk Thank to you. Too. I'll, I'll see you again. See you. Bye. Us.